There's been a lot of adjustment since the 17th of October when marijuana became legal for recreational use. And it's left a lot of employers, you know, scratching their heads on what do we do about cannabis policies at work? Well, Metrolinks shocked their employees. They're bringing in a tough new anti-cannabis policy. They're banning recreational use by employees or contractors in nearly 140 categories of safety critical jobs. This has been the major headline. The CBC is talking about it. The Globe and Mail have been uh, Uh, writing about it today. And so we reached out, first of all, uh, before we get to the union for their uh, comments on this, we reached out to John Pincus, who is an employment lawyer at Simfiru Tamarkin LLP. And uh, I asked John, does this challenge their constitutional rights, they being the union members? Well, I don't know if I can I can speak to the, the infringement of constitutional rights. The question is going to be what's what happens when someone violates this policy. So if someone comes to work and they have been uh, they were smoking marijuana on the weekend and now they're back at work and they're totally sober, is uh, Metrolinks going to be able to fire that employee for cause uh, under the uh, under the collective agreement? And that is where I think the interesting questions are going, to, are going to come along. I believe that the ban here is just for recreational use. So I'm not sure it's going to engage human rights concerns per se, because it seems like they'll probably have a carve out for medical use of cannabis. But it does raise the question, is this, go- is this kind of policy going to be enforceable? And I know the union's already talking about challenging it. Um, and we've seen kind of similar issues with the police union, which has a host of other concerns as well. But that, that I think, is the question. And that is, um, I, I think, is, is going to have some reference to the science, because it's, it's a question of how long does it stay in your system. And presumably, if they're trying to prevent impairment on the job, then the real question we should be asking is, if you're, if you're consuming this outside of the job, how long are you actually impaired? Does it have a chance of even standing up in court? I think the jury's out on that. I, I think we're going to see a lot of these things play out very slowly. I'm sure you're going to see different arbitrators come and, and, and uh, um, different decisions uh, depending on the scenario. And I'm sure we're going to see some conflict because if there's conflict in the science, then I think we can expect there's probably going to be some conflict in the law as well. So it's it's going to be, in my view, pretty messy for a while until we reach a consensus on how long does this impairment actually last. So, for example, we we don't we don't really have that problem with, or the, at least to the same extent, with alcohol off the job, right? So if, if if you've been drinking over the weekend and then you come in 24, 48 hours later. Uh, there's there's really no controversy that you're you're not going to still be inebriated at that point. Well, alcohol doesn't stay in the system as long. Right. So that's and and the the, the issue is that we don't have that same kind of um, it's 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 not as axiomatic in the case of, of cannabis. It's not obvious to people that in the same way it is with alcohol that it's out of your system. So once we can get I think more of a consensus as to when it sort of leaves your system, when you're you're really not impaired in a scientific sense, in the same way that we know this so clearly with alcohol, that's where I think we're going to have more clarity on these policy issues. If you sense that someone is uh, inebriated or under the influence, high at work, you can send them home. Surely they've already got a policy for this. This seems a bit heavy-handed. Right. And if, if they're really 
impaired, then no one's going to argue that someone should, who, who's impaired should be allowed to work in a safety-sensitive position. That, that, we, we all know that that's not something that we can tolerate, and I don't think the union would argue that. But I think the point that the union's going to make here is just because it's in your system does not necessarily mean uh, impairment. Right. And that's where we're going to have uh, a lot of fights, I think, over this issue. I like that you brought that up because we're going to talk to someone from the union right now. I want to say thank you very much for your time, John. I know you're a busy man. You're very welcome. All right. Uh, and by the way, if you're just joining us right now, right before we get to John Denino, who is president of the Amalgamated Transit Union of Canada, I want to just mention, if you are wondering what we're talking about, Metrolinx has just announced to its workers that there would be a tough new anti-cannabis policy. You're not allowed to use it for recreation at all. If you are in a safety-critical job, there are about 140 categories of safety-critical jobs within the uh, Go Transit and Metrolinx uh, umbrella. And so John Danino uh, joins us on the line right now. John, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. When did you learn of this policy change? So uh, we came uh, aware of the policy change uh, early Friday morning when the notice was sent out to our members at local 1587 Go Transit. Give us an idea beyond, you know, someone driving a Go Train, what would fall under the category of safety critical job? Well, according to their policy that uh, they've imposed on us, it would be things like mechanics, coach technicians, uh, our maintenance staff, and so on and so forth. It's not just restricted to the transit operators, but it is the transit system and, and all of the Go Transit employees, uh, roughly about 2,200 of our members. Was there a problem with a lot of these workers saying, hey, yeah, I uh, smoked some marijuana over the weekend. I'm not feeling so great uh, today on the job. Well, no, and not that we're aware of. You know, and what's concerning to us is that uh, we haven't seen any history of any issues with, um, with drug or drug impairment, um, any kind of accidents that have occurred. So there really hasn't been any cause for the employer to react in this fashion, other than the fact that the government introduced the right to smoke marijuana. I think this was a knee-jerk reaction, and we believe that it infringes on our members' human rights. Uh, They have a right to choose to do what they so please on their off time, as long as they remain fit for duty. What are you hearing from your members? Well, uh, quite frankly, my phone has been ringing off the hook. Our members are outraged that the employer can dictate on their off time while they're on vacation or their off days, that they can dictate what they can and cannot do. I think even the police force, uh, the ban isn't as uh, heavy-handed. It's, it's 28 days. Yeah, this is, I mean, you know, when an employee um, joins the agency and they get hired, nobody ever told them that they were going to be banned for life to do any kind of recreational stuff. I mean, I mean what's next, the ban on alcohol? Um, this is ludicrous. It really is. And it really is an infringement on their rights. They say they're not curtailing the right of individuals to use cannabis. They're just saying if you want to execute the uh, type of roles that are safety critical, you can't use cannabis. If there's a lifestyle choice, there's also a career choice. Well, so, you know, they, they can make those claims. But the real issue is, and we heard on the previous, the previous speaker, look, mm-hmm. uh, just because someone consumes marijuana, on a, on a Friday evening, they're off Saturday and Sunday, and they come into work on Monday, and they test positive, it does not mean that they are impaired. So, you know, there is no clinical or scientific evidence to suggest what the levels of impairment are and how long they last 
uh, after your initial use. And that is a problem that the lawyer brought up. Is there a policy on medicinal marijuana use for Metrolinx employees that you're aware of? So according to the policy that they've unrolled, it says that the employee employee must come forward and self-disclose any medical use. Mm -hmm. But if if they're still using medically in a controlled environment, then they are subject to not being employed. They're going to have to look at a duty to accommodate those employees in non-safety-sensitive roles. Right, so they're not going to fire you. They're just going to shift you to another role. They say uh, to those who we shift to another role, we'll do that until it's deemed that the drug has left their system. Well, you know, so we it's not the first time we've seen this scenario. Mm-hmm. We've seen it at the Toronto Transit Commission. There are only so many non-safety-sensitive roles that the employer can offer. Uh, and secondly, you know, um, if if you're using a low-dose medical marijuana and you're using it once a week, does that mean you're impaired and you need to self-disclose and be put out of your work? Because potentially there could be a loss of wages, a loss of shifts, and a loss of lifestyle by self-disclosing. I want to ask you something uh, that John Pincus, who's the employment lawyer from Samfiru to Markin that we had on uh, just before you, brought up. Has Metrolinx filled you in on what would happen if uh, one of your members violates this policy? No, they haven't. Um, I, I've spoken to the president of Go, of Go Transit Union um, from Local 1587. They were not informed. Their policy outlines some very, very generic parameters on how they're going to deal with this. But until our first case goes through, we're really not sure how they're going to deal with it. Now, you're prepared to take this to court, I'm guessing. Oh, absolutely. We've already retained legal counsel. We are looking at all of our legal options in terms of the constitutionality of uh, the employer mandating what an employee can or can't do um, when they're off work. Uh, We will take every legal option that we, we can to protect the rights of our members. And one of the things that John uh, brought up as well is until there's consensus on how long impairment lasts within the medical community uh, with regard to marijuana in your body, uh, it may be a hard argument in court. Are you still willing to have a long battle ahead of you? Well, so it's an issue that's going to have to be addressed, and he's not wrong. Uh, we've been challenging this issue through through the TTC union, uh, Local 113. We've been dealing with this for many, many years, and, and the reality is is that You'll have one one doctor saying one thing, you'll have one doctor saying another. There is no conclusive scientific evidence to suggest what the levels of impairment are and how long the cognitive ability would be compromised after initial use. What do you think would be a, a reasonable approach for Metrolinx to take with regard to their employees uh, using recreational marijuana off-duty? Well, so I think what they need to do is they need to sit down with the Amalgamated Transit Union we are the leaders, the transit leaders, when it comes to, to our members. And we need to have some constructive dialogue on exactly how we can maneuver our way through to deliver the, the safest possible service to the riding public and still ensure our members the right to be able to exercise what they feel they need to do on their off time. And what are the odds of that? <laughs> At this point, based on their reaction, slim to none. So what, what has their reaction been? Has it been, uh, we're not budging on this? Well, according to the CEO, they even refused to comment or make statements on our initial, uh, our initial statement. So uh, we, will, we will be pressing for them to sit down at the table and have some constructive dialogue. I really appreciate your time today. Thanks so much, John.
Thank you so much. Cheers. That's John Danino, who's president of the Amalgamated Transit Union in Canada. And he's uh, speaking on behalf of Metrolinx workers because Metrolinx is bringing in a tough new anti-cannabis policy banning recreational use by employees that are in safety-critical jobs. So, you know, as he said, it's mechanics, it's people driving your go train. And, you know, I'm just I scratch my head because I think, okay, well, so that means if you go away for your vacation and you're up at the cottage for like, let's say three weeks, you still can't legally smoke marijuana, though it is legal to do so because your boss says you can't seems a little heavy handed.